everybody, this is Frank. Hello, this is Dana. Hello, this is Steve. And this is Jack, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news. This is the only podcast that matters. So this is Wrestling Cast 4, the annual wrestling show that I normally do with, in the past it's been Andrew mostly, and Corey's made an appearance here and there, and some other people, but this year, as you heard, I have a whole new roster of talent, as they say in the wrestling business, to do the show with. Uh, I want to welcome back Frank, who's been here before on pa- uh, past episodes such as Toy Cast and How's it going? Geek Cast. And I want to introduce Dana, one of my one of mine and Frank's co-workers. How's it going? And Steve, one of my friends who used to be a co-worker and has now been in touch actually for the past couple of years because he's been into wrestling and we would run into each other from time to time and talk about wrestling and uh, let's talk about some live events. Uh, Frank, you said this was your first live event you ever went to? Yes, it was the first one. It was a good experience. I uh, I had pretty good seats, so uh, it was nice. Nice. And, uh, I mean, you, the picture you showed me before, you had a pretty good vantage point of the ring. And I think that's kind of, like, the best sometimes when you can get in that middle up kind of thing instead of on the floor. Because the floor kind of sucks. I've been on the floor a couple times, once, and uh, it's not that great from where my seats were. Um, Dana, was this your first event also? or Actually, this was my uh, second event, I would say, because I went to Money the Bank oh, that's this right. past yeah. summer. So it was, uh, it was a really great experience, like... The crowd was like really great, like here yeah. in New Jersey, because you know Money in the Bank was in Philly, but this was just like so much different. Yeah, it was this great. Is, uh, the New Jersey crowd is part of the home base of WWE. Oh, yeah. uh, I would say that building, Madison Square Garden, and the now it's the Allstate Arena in Chicago are the crowds that are the most passionate and the most uh, rabid. I would say. Oh, and yeah. Steve, you've been you've been to more events than anybody here. I mean, from what like your, your event going experiences since. I, I, you probably can't even put a number on this one, could you? I went to my first event in 1998, so I've probably been to about 15 or 20 events. Um, Jesus. This definitely was one of my favorite ones just for the matches that were on this card and the way everything played out. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't go. I actually went to an event two months ago at Madison Square Garden with my girlfriend. At, uh, that had been the first WWE event I'd been at in seven years. The last one I went to, my favorite, was probably SummerSlam 2007. Uh, did you go to that one, Steve? It was the one where Triple H returned from a second quadricep injury, and then Cena and Orton had their first title match. Were you at that one? I Yeah, I was at that one. I remember my seats were right by the stage, so I got to see Triple H in the grill position before he actually came out. It was a pretty good experience. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, that crowd, from what I can remember from that tra- uh, reaction, was amazing. That was one. That was the loudest ovation I've ever heard at any live event, and I've only been to, like, I think seven, six or seven total. Yeah, um, it definitely was one of the biggest ovations. Uh, last night kind of almost topped it when Evolution came out, but um, definitely an experience. Nice. All right, so live events, yeah, they're totally an experience. If you're a WWE or any wrestling fan, you need to get on this yeah, and go. like immediately. And um, <laughs> like the like I said, the best venues, Chicago, New York, New Jersey. But you know, all over the country has their own no rabid deal. love for the WWE. It's just so it just so happens that those are the most passionate fans because again, Madison Square Garden is the place where this company was at its genesis and then grew to this global phenomenon. But um, let's get talking to some uh, more current WWE product. Uh, 2014 so far has been a really big year for the WWE. Let's start with the biggest announcement of all. The WWE Network finally launched after years of talking of what this was going to be. Was it going to be another paid channel? Was it going to be like the classics on demand? Was this ever going to happen? Because there had been so many problems. It was originally supposed to launch in 2012. And it never came to be. And uh, 
it finally was announced this past January at a uh, the Consumer Electronics Expo and in Las Vegas. And right from the start, it was just like every wrestling fan's dream to get consistent content all the time, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. It finally happened, and it was bigger than anything. It was actually pretty revolutionary. I mean, this is the first time of its kind. For those who don't really have the network or know what the network is about, uh, it's basically a live television channel streaming system like a Netflix. has an on-demand library that you can access. I think they said two, uh, like, I don't know, like 100,000, not even 100,000 hours. I'm sorry, like thousands of hours of content, let's say. Like unlimited amount. Yeah, unlimited from (laughs) every pay-per-view that WWE has ever produced. Even elusive ones like the, uh, Steve, I'm sure you were probably excited about hearing the 1999 Over the Edge pay-per-view, which unfortunately had the tragic accident of Owen Hart. I mean, Quality West, I don't remember much of the pay-per-view. And Owen's death is edited out of that pay-per-view. I mean, there's no question about it. But everything WWE's produced, WCW's produced, and ECW, the what's been regarded as the big three companies in the history of pro wrestling, have ever produced from decades. And not only that, original program, everything. It's just, it's the coolest thing that's ever happened at all. I um, remember when they announced the network was going to launch, I actually was a big fan of the WWE Classics. And I was kind of sad that it was going, because I used to go watch whatever I wanted that was on there. But once the network came out, I could actually see I can go to any pay-per-view, all the different shows. It kind of took me over. Uh, like Jack said, all the um, pay-per-views, Over the Edge 99. I remember having to search to find a copy of that, and I finally did. Because it was never released to home video. I was able to get my hands on one copy, and then I'm like, all right, at least they put it on here. I can actually go back and watch without having to find a new copy because the one I had does not work anymore. Yeah. Certainly, you know, you and I, Steve, could relate to this. And actually, um, before we go further, I want to get your guys' opinion on, like, just how you got into wrestling and stuff. But, like, Steve, I know you and I have been for a decade, for as long as we've been fans, I've been going on 16 years now, and it's been collections of videotapes, DVDs, and this is the thing where you don't have to sit down and physically, I mean, not that it's a hassle, but, like, to search for something on YouTube or to search for something in a DVD that might be out of print to try to find it to watch it. Because that's the thing, like, as I've been collecting DVDs and stuff, there's certain events that aren't available anymore. Certain great events like WrestleMania 17, which is the rarest WWE DVD ever produced. Not that at the time it was, like, elusive or anything, but, like, it went out of print and it's regarded as one of the best WrestleManias ever. You can't find that anywhere. You can now, now you have a chance to watch it. You can watch it on your phone anywhere in the world. And it's unedited. And what's great was for years, the WWE would have the logo scratched out because of a legal f- battle with the World Wildlife Fund. And now that everything is intact the way it was supposed to be. So this is really, really awesome to just have everything at a, the touch of a button. One of my favorite things about the network is, you know, if I want to go through to find a certain pay-per-view, instead of having to dig through DVDs, VHS tapes to find it, it's literally a click away and you know you can't really ask for anything better than that typing in it's right there nice now frank dana you guys have been relatively i i want to say relatively new to the interest in wrestling that's going on right now can you give me a little bit of background frank about like how you got into this now and have were you a fan before like what, how did you get to where you were like to be a fan to you know put your hard-earned money down to go see a pay-per-view event live well i've always liked the idea of wrestling um, my dad has always been into it. 
Uh, he he always tells the story about how he saw uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, you know, jump off the cage, and that was like his moment. How he got into wrestling, he just loved it, and just as long as I can remember, he's always watched it every every show. So it's just kind of it's always been a part of my life. And my brother really got into it a lot more than I did, but the last couple of years I've been I've been following it a little a little bit more. Okay. And uh, you know, he he just asked me if I wanted to go to the show, and I was like, yeah, sounds. And Dana, what about you? You said uh, I think you mentioned to me before you had a you you recently picked it up again after taking a few years off or something. Like, what was your like first experience with wrestling? I mean, my first experience with wrestling goes way back, probably when I was six, seven, around there. My brother, my brother is the one who really got me into wrestling, and my favorite always was Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> classic, you know. And uh, I always I always watched as a kid, and I always appreciated it, and I loved it. And as soon as the Attitude Area started kind of fading off a little bit, that's when I kind of fell off the trail of wrestling. But as of recently, I would say last year, uh, my boyfriend started watching wrestling. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll try to start watching this again. It looks interesting. And that's when I saw, uh, you know, CM Punk talents like that. And it was great. Uh, you definitely picked, I think, a good time to get back into it. Yeah. Especially this last six to eight months now that they're starting to push the new talent instead of just going back to... Let's bring this guy back that's been yeah. around that took five years off. Even though they're still bringing them back, you've seen more in the program how they're pushing guys like The Shield, uh, Daniel Bryan, etc. So you picked a good time, I think, to come back and I think watch. so, yeah. It's yeah. been very interesting since I've gotten back into it. It's definitely it. been more, Captivating. Enter- more entertaining for me to yeah. watch instead of, all right, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, John Cena's next title run and this and oh, that yeah. and everything yeah. else. It's just there's a period now that I think, is similar to the Attitude Era, uh, where fans don't want to be dictated to cheer for this guy and this guy. I mean, perfect example is Dave Batista returned at the Royal Rumble this past year, and people were like, oh, cool, Batista's coming back. And then when he got pushed to the main event within a week of returning, and there's been guys who have been working their ass off, like a Daniel Bryan or CM Punk or somebody who you could picture you know, taking the reins. Because in wrestling, there's a period where guys have their time, and you go, it, it, it's a constant rotation of like trying to find new stars, not keep the same thing over and over again. I mean, because it gets boring. Yeah. I mean, how many years did Hulk Hogan become champion over and over? I mean, I was a kid, but I didn't watch it back then. But even like, I probably would have thought, how many times is Hogan going to have to win? Like, does he have to win everything? Like, does John Cena have to win everything? Does, yeah. you know, Stone Cold I was the only star I never saw that would like, you wanted him to win everything. Oh, yeah. Like, fans never got sick of Steve Austin, nope. even like when he tried to turn as a heel. But a guy like John Cena doesn't resonate with 18 to 34-year-olds, which no. is a key demographic. He resonates with little kids, and that's really cool. The kids can look up to a superhero like like a John Cena. Yeah. But WWE fans don't want to be told you have to vote, for, you pull for John Cena. Don't cheer for uh, Bray Wyatt. Don't cheer for Randy Orton. Don't cheer for cheer for this guy. It's it's totally reminiscent of the Attitude Era because Steve Austin was originally a bad guy, and people just loved his attitude so much. They're like, oh fuck this! Like I'm sure you remember the. 1997, WrestleMania, Bret Hart. Bret Hart went in as the good guy. Austin was the bad guy. At the end of that match, the roles were completely reversed. People didn't give two shits about Bret Hart. People were like, this Steve Austin guy is fucking amazing. That was one of the first matches that I remember seeing where the heel walked out getting cheered for 
basically just putting on one of the best performances he ever put on in his life. That definitely was a new direction as far as, all right, you need to cheer for this guy because he's the good guy. I mean, that was a great example of uh, roles changing, so to speak. And, I mean, there's no disrespect to Brett the Hitman Hart. I mean, Brett was – he'd been a fixture in the company for years and years and years and been the top good guy. And I think people were just fed up at the time of the whole – I'm so sick of the whole this is being a comic book live action – you know, cartoon thing. I want realness in wrestling. And Steve Austin was the right guy at the right time. And it's like that now. I mean, look at the guys who have ascended to the top of the WWE ranks. And the, uh, no more noticeably than Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was a guy who, for years, worked on the independent scene, became a star there, and worked his way up to WWE to only fall flat and just kind of never get on TV, never got the backing of the company. And when he won the world title in a Money in the Bank match after cashing the Money in the Bank, that was a surprise too. But I don't think the company had full faith. It's like, all right, well, you know, we'll give him a shot because he's popular, but then we're going to have him drop it to another guy and you'll never hear from Daniel Bryan ever again. And it was the momentum of him doing the yes chant, which was just him saying, oh, I was just trying to be a jerk as a heel. And, you go to WrestleMania and there's fans from all over the world who love this guy and they're chanting yes, yes, yes every night. And it just catches like wildfire. Like people are like, okay, and it's not just a popular catchphrase. Like there's something here that fans are seeing about Daniel Bryan that maybe the guys at the head office aren't seeing. And it caught on like wildfire. And I think where he's at today is absolutely because of the fans. Because I don't think management would have been like, oh, well, Daniel Bryan could be Intercontinental Champion if we really wanted him to go somewhere. But, like, he's the man now. And he's the fast, one of the, I actually don't want to say fastest rising because he clawed his way to the top and it hasn't been an easy road for him. Speaking of Daniel Bryan, um, we Jack mentioned how Steve Austin went to that WrestleMania 13 match as the heel and came out getting cheered. I remember six, seven years ago watching uh, Daniel Bryan as the American Dragon in Ring of Honor, and they tried turning him heel, and every time he finished a match, he was getting a standing ovation. No matter how much they tried to turn him heel, it didn't work. This guy was over no matter if he was the babyface, the heel, or if he was kind of just thrown in there to work with somebody. So he kind of reminds me of Stone Cold in that aspect where no matter what you tried to do with him, he was cheered because of the type of character he had and what he was able to do in the ring. He's a real guy. Looking back at it, we saw this whole Daniel Bryan storyline in the last year just mirror real life in a way, where Daniel wasn't given the opportunity. The fans were just so behind him that it's like, all right, we got to give this guy a shot. And then he gets the title at SummerSlam and then immediately takes it gets taken away from him. And again, it's part of the storyline, but I think that mirrors a real-life struggle of Daniel Bryan, the man, real name Bryan Danielson, not being told being told in life, you're not going to be the top guy. You're too small. You don't have the right look. They don't look at you and see Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin or John Cena. They're, you're not a star. And it kind of just, this whole seven-month journey of Daniel Bryan finally getting it and holding that honor of, I'm the man. It, it, you look back on it, and it was a lot of frustration for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. They basically told him, all right, we're going to give you the title for five minutes just to make everybody happy and, and then it strip away. it from you and give it to a guy that, yeah, we know he can hold it. He's had it a, you know, a bunch of times, 
but does anybody really want to see the belt on Randy Orton again? Okay, I remember actually when I first saw Daniel Bryan. It was, I don't remember it that clearly, but it was the whole storyline where he was with AJ. He he completely fucked her over. I remember that, and I hated him. I hated his guts. Uh, everybody thought he was a dick. <laughs> I just, it's just amazing that, like, as the more and more I watched him, I just, I love him so much. Like, he's just become so amazing. And like Jack was saying, like, you know, just seeing, like, his actual struggle is probably what I love most about him. He's a guy you can definitely get behind and be... Like, He's someone you can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And there's not a lot of people you can relate to as characters in wrestling. I mean, nobody's built like a John Cena or a Big Show or anybody. It's like, oh, I can definitely relate to Kane. Like that, <laughs> that doesn't... Nobody yeah, relates to Kane unless you were locked in a basement and you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe I can relate to that guy with a, you know, the big dude with a mask. And you know what? With Kane is probably when I started liking him, when when they started doing the um, the team hell no, <laughs> that yeah, the anger management, and that was the so Dr. funny. It was perfect. <laughs> it showed a little more to him than just the all right. I'm the guy behind the mask. It actually let him show some emotion and you know just kind of show his personality more. And they could. And what worked about that was they were so opposite of one another. Just not just in looks, but in personality. Kane's been this guy. Who's like oh, I'm the devil's de- favorite demon, and I bring hellfire and brimstone. Dan Bryan's like I'm I'm a wrestler, and they just don't get along, and that made that team so fucking entertaining. It's just amazing to see that a while ago to where it is now, where Kane and Daniel Bryan are such like arch enemies now. It's like crazy that they're on the same team at one point, and you just see it just grow over time. What Daniel yeah. Bryan becomes for the company. And it's amazing, really. And sometimes things happen by chance. Like, again, yeah. it's the fans who dictate now more than ever. Oh, I agree of who with that. Want, who, who do you want to see a star? Who, who, what makes a quality? Look at a guy like Bray Wyatt, too. Bray Wyatt is the perfect, uh, perfect villain yeah. for just about anybody. He's disturbed. He's weird. He talks in riddles. He's just this self-appointed messiah. He, yeah, he's just this <laughs> fucking weird guy. Weird. And... Fans love that. Fans love to be entertained, and that's what happens. He's entertaining. Their their were their way of doing that made me hear John Cena sucks all throughout <laughs> the arena John last Cena night, sucks. and in the bathroom too. Yeah, and that I'm so great. surprised. It took nine years to get to that point. <laughs> I mean, how much? Like what? A year or two after Kurt Angle became a star, though. You, you suck. suck. You, <laughs> you suck. suck. That whole thing was brilliant. <laughs> and for nine years to be like a John Cena sucks. Like that's brilliant. How did it take so long to get to that point? People are just tired of it. And other guys who are really getting over the Shield. I mean, more so. I'm a guy who. I don't know if you, if any of you relate to this. But I like the bad guys. I'm a oh, fan I've of the heels. I've always been a fan of heels. I, I love life. the heels because I think you can't have a good story with a good guy unless you have a really good bad guy. I and agree. I think the best heels in the past two years, The Shield, have been awesome. Three yeah. guys who came out of the developmental system and just changed. Uh, they said it last night after the show. Like, we set the pace. And they really had they did. main event quality shows, uh, matches every single week with whoever they worked with. They were fucking fantastic. You know what's great about the, the Shield is every time they wrestle, it's always different. You're not watching the same Shield every time. Like yeah. They're always going to be doing something different and crazy that you just never seen before. Like You see them every time, you're like, it's crazy. Yeah, there's three diverse personalities. There's Ambrose, who's a little bit off the wall, but... You know, can grapple, you know, can brawl. Seth Rollins is more of a high flyer. And uh, 
Roman Reigns is the power guy, but he's, he's not muscle. the power. He's not the power guy like the typical power, like Goldberg or Batista or he can Brock Lesnar. He's a yeah. fucking like he's a high. Great. He can he can change it up a bit. I mean, everybody thinks out of the three of them, all Roman Reigns will definitely be the big star. Maybe the other two. I think all three of them are going to have bright futures in that company. Yeah. I mean, there's I not. Agree. I really hope that there's not a situation of like, all right, eventually they're going to go their separate ways. When we don't know. When they do go, I really want all three of them to thrive. I mean, I know at least one or two will be world champion. I hope all three of them someday are world champion because they're really – there's something special with all three of those guys as a unit. And I think we'll look back one day and be like, my God, those three guys were a team once? Yeah. Holy shit. And uh, other guys who have really ascended – I think mostly, again, to the fans' credit, Cesaro. That guy – Steve, you know more about him than any of us do because you saw him again wrestle for years in Ring of Honor and as Claudio Castagnoli, I believe his name was. Yeah, Claudio Castagnoli is how he came up through Ring of Honor. I got to admit, in the beginning, I was not a huge fan of him, but as I watched a couple matches, he kind of grew on me um, as a singles guy, and then he went on to be a tag team champion as the Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero. And I'm glad he's finally getting a shot now to show what he can do in the WWE as opposed to just being a mid-card guy. What do you guys think about Paul Heyman as the... You uh, know what? No matter how much you absolutely hate him, you can't (laughs) help but love him. Like, he is just the perfect speaker, and you you love to hate him. Yeah. And uh, he's like a Bobby the Brain Heenan for the modern day. In a way where he's Bobby Heenan managed the best guys in old the old World Wrestling Federation. Andre the Giant, Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair. Um, I'm probably Steve. You take this because there's you know more about like how many guys that he managed up to at a time. Like I mean, Bobby Heenan, he always had at least I'd say eight to ten guys. Whether it's in the tag team division, the singles. I mean, he even had um, a couple women's wrestlers at one point. I mean, you know, Paul Heyman's kind of been the same. A lot of people don't remember him coming up as Paulie Dangerously before ECW came. He was in WCW, NWA. So he's been doing this for a long time. He had the big-ass cell phone and the mullet. Yeah. <laughs> he used to come out with that big cell phone. He hit people with it to win the matches for his guys. And I just actually, on the network, I want to go back and research some old WCW pay-per-views. The Dangerous Alliance. That was a that was a super team. That was oh, Steve Austin, Rick Rude. Uh, who else am I? Sid Vicious. Yeah, like a lot of guys. Like that was just a fucking. You look at that. That's oh my god. That is a dangerous alliance. This is everything yeah. it says it is. But um, Paul Heyman is perfect. I mean, sadly he couldn't get Ryback over, but nobody at this day and age probably can get Ryback over. His hope was caused <laughs> yeah. at this point. He tried. I felt bad for Curtis Axel because I really like Curtis Axel. As a yeah. wrestler, and yeah, he's not a bad wrestler. I think he's trying to do right by his dad and try and carry that torch, but I don't know if that's going to respect that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Punk when he was with Punk, my God, that oh, was, it was great. It was yeah. like magic. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when they went to the whole CM Punk versus Paul Heyman feud, it got stupid. Yeah, and they it drew dragged it out on. too much. Like he's just get, let, let him just, just beat the shit out of Heyman and let, let this let this just him. be over with. And I think they yeah. like that's uh, one of the frustrations of CM Punk that. Are going to be addressed in the show and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar cannot talk. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. I, 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 th- I think he's literally not even capable of speak. Yeah, of speaking. You look just, at that yeah, guy he's... and you're like, and just the voice. It sounds like this. I think Sunday. 
He's not tough at all. I mean, yeah. he looks like he is, but when you hear him squeak like that, it makes and you he wonder. Just, <laughs> he, he caught himself on it, too, yeah. last year. Say something stupid, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Heyman is so good at what he does on the mic that he could put Brock Lesnar over without you actually seeing him yeah. or knowing yeah. what he's doing. Well, if you haven't heard, his client, Brock Lesnar, conquered the streak <laughs> at WrestleMania. My, my client. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Paul Heyman, though he's he's great. Yeah, he's very entertaining, I have to say. And I'm very much looking forward to the Paul Heyman documentary yes. that's coming out this it's August on DVD. That's going to be one to own. Oh yeah, that story is going to be incredible. They got Raven to for the interview. Nobody in wow. WWE has any kind of communication with Raven, and yeah. they got him. So that's pretty good. I wonder if they're all going to just unintentionally burn Paul Heyman because <laughs> he really is a guy who. Yeah, I don't know if the stories are as true, but I know. There are a lot of guys in ECW who probably still haven't been paid yet because the way the company was operating. And it wasn't because he was a bad guy. It was just because ECW just wasn't, unfortunately, profitable like WWE is. I'm sure he's burned a lot of bridges in the business. but he, um, I'm sure definitely has burned a lot of bridges. But in the same respect, if it wasn't for him running that company, a lot of these guys would not have gotten the payday they eventually got with their careers getting elevated to WCW or WWE. Absolutely. So we mentioned CM Punk before, and 2014 has had its highs, but... A lot of lows. A lot of lows, and that started at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Honestly, I I wasn't 100%. I mean, we're we're talking past WrestleMania. As fans, we got what we wanted, Daniel Bryan ascending. But the fans that night in, in Pittsburgh, and the fans where we were, Buffalo Wild Wings, really were pissed off at the Royal Rumble about... Batista going over and then just Daniel Bryan not getting in and CM Punk looking like he could have pulled off the the Cinderella story and then he gets eliminated by Kane in such a shit way. And he was in that match so long. Like he lasted so long. You thought that there was potential for CM Punk that night and it was just It kind of took me out of the show because it was the final four were Punk, Sheamus, Reigns, and Batista. So when Punk went, I was like, God damn it. I don't like, care I don't anymore about the- this. <laughs> I was like, all right. And everybody in the restaurant was like, Roman yeah. Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. Jeez, like, thought, like, as a Hilbert, yeah. like, Jesus Christ, please let him win. We don't want to see these other go over. <laughs> no. And then when Batista won, everybody was just like, fuck yeah. this. Like, what are we, like, this is, this is supposed to be a happy time. And we don't it was want the Batista. Worst time. Nobody cares. No. It was the exact opposite of what I think most of all wrestling fans wanted to say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't have, I didn't mind having Batista back. I wanted Batista versus Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm like, shit, please build to yeah. that. But nobody wanted Batista in the world title match. No. At all. It wasn't and, fair I mean, when you look at it. Randy Orton uh, had a promo on Raw that actually kind of sums it up. Dave, when you left, nobody cared. And when you came back, <laughs> everybody cared even less. Yep. I mean, he's just, he's a guy that's a movie star, yes, but. Is he Rock's level of stardom? No. No. Not, not at, at all. all. I mean, The I, Rock, at least, if he won the Rumble this year, if he was in it, I'd be like, okay. I mean, so, we're going yeah. with this again, yeah. but okay. This ultimately led to just the fans' dissatisfaction and ultimately led to CM Punk departing the company for reasons we still don't know yeah, at this time very, of the recording. Very unclear. From what I've... it's People have said there's three people in the room that night. It was Triple H, Vince McMahon, and CM Punk, and CM Punk went home. Now there's a lot of speculation, and I know that you know. I know Frank, you're not a fan of CM Punk. So what what's your feeling <laughs> on CM Punk oh, leaving man. the company? Well, at, okay, just in general. well let's clear it up. I I enjoy CM Punk like <laughs> as a person and as a wrestler. I just didn't like the character. Mm-hmm. So 
I would I would like to I was I was beginning to like him more when he actually got away from Paul Heyman because even though that was great, I just I felt it was I, don't know, I felt it was better when he left. I was really disappointed. Yeah. Because well, because I was also disappointed with WWE because they weren't pushing him like they should have. Yeah. And I know Dana, you're probably out of the all of us here, the biggest CM Punk fan. And yeah. Probably, I think, and you can compare it to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think he loved would love the comparison. Oh yeah. But uh, it just kind of was like, holy shit! Did he just take his ball and go home? Like- Pretty much. I mean, I don't know how to view it as because I've grown to love CM Punk so much since I saw WrestleMania 29. I was like, wow, who is this guy? I love him already, and I've been watching him. I've been keeping up with him like always. And Royal Rumble came, and they're like, he's not coming back. I was like, that's a joke, right? Another WWE joke, he'll be back, and he hasn't been back since, and I don't really know what the reason was, so it's a little sad. I think that uh, the WWE actually dropped the ball when they let him walk out of that room that night. Yeah. I mean, you let one of your top stars go, regardless what the reason was, make him an offer to come back, try yeah. to do something. You're now... There's no communication whatsoever. Two, no. three months away, there's no communication where do you plan on going with this? They gonna, drew him off completely. Yeah, I think, you either need to tell us what happened, tell the real story, or you got to clear it up somehow because a lot of people are still pissed off about this. I am. <laughs> he, he's, uh, I mean, he's still with the company technically. He's under contract until yeah. July of this year with his deal. And then I guess once that's done, all bets are off. I mean, I, ha- I have a feeling he hasn't tweeted anything. No, his Twitter account has gone. been done since the day after the Royal Rumble. He's just been going to like hockey games basically. It's yeah. about it. Hockey games. <laughs> he he was on Talking Dead and yeah. you know, I watched the Talking Dead episode. I don't I, I love I mean I watched the Walking Dead, but yeah. I watched Talking Dead and I just to see CM Punk like, hey, yeah. how's, what well, does he look like? He's now? alive. And he's that. happy. Yeah. And he, he said to somebody like I'm in a different place in my life now. Like Yeah. Like what does that mean? Like I think I, he's he's happy, he's healthy. He looks like he's doing good right now. I mean, it just it just sucks cuz you don't know where where he where is. Where he's at like mentally or anything, you don't I know. I think and Mick Foley mentioned this in an in an interview where and I think you guys can see this from from this perspective now. He's in a lot of he was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Towards the end of his run there, and even before the end of his run at WrestleMania, he injured himself pretty badly last year. Yeah. He do- he dove off the table, and he was limping noticeably, and didn't really give himself the right time to come back. So that might have been a factor, and I just think overall dissatisfaction, because even when he was doing the best in the world and was champion after Money in the Bank, he when he was the champion for over a year, he still didn't headline a pay-per-view for nine months after he won, and that to me was pretty shitty. John, yeah. he took uh, again took a backseat to John Cena because John Cena is a bigger name. But no, uh, even Cena wasn't in the title picture. I mean, yeah, maybe WrestleMania yeah, absolutely made sense. Rock versus Cena, big main event like that, sure it makes sense. But I would rather like the pay per view where he was in a match against Daniel Bryan and Kane. Yeah, I agree. And uh, <laughs> even John Cena versus like a Chris Jericho, or like it really kind of like set me as like what is he. I mean, he doesn't seem like it, but do they have faith in him, or is this just like sticking it to him? You're not going to close the show. Well, you can't get shirts. Uh, if you go on the WWE Network, you will notice that they edited his face out of a lot of covers, like SummerSlam this year. They yeah. they actually took his yeah, face out, out of it. Yeah. And if you notice the picture for uh, WrestleMania, I think it was he where, was out of the poster too. Yep. Yeah. A, a sticky note. Yeah. They they gave him the decency to put a sticky note on his face <laughs> at least. I mean. 
It's just crazy how... It's like they've been wad him. I'm kind of over the fact that he... I, I kind of have accepted he's... He might not... He's never going to come I don't back. think he's coming There's back. a pay-per-view on June 1st in Chicago, and it's going to be three hours of CM Punk chance, but... Yeah. It's just not going to It's happen. just not... He's not coming back. No. He's just done. He's like, I just don't want this. Like He's just like mentally, physically, I think, just exhausted, done. Do stuff to AJ Lee. Exactly. So, I mean, who really... So, I, I mean, think... he gets time off. He's still probably getting paid <laughs> yeah. for his contract. Got a hot girlfriend. Oh uh, yeah. Let's, I think who's the, the real? Like... He's a winner at the end of the day. I'd say. <laughs> who's that really is... playing their cards right. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But, um... He's happy. I think right now. I mean, he's probably not happy as far as not wrestling. So I'm sure, even though he's like probably in a lot of pain, tired. I'm sure he still misses wrestling. And who knows? Maybe he'll do something else as far as wrestling. But right now, it looks like he's enjoying his life right now. Now, do you think he's, uh, and since you watched the most of uh, Ring of Honor, do you think he would end up back there? Or Japan, or the independent scene? Or do you think, like, right, I'm just going to stay away from wrestling altogether and at this go stage to Chicago Blackhawk games for yeah, the rest of my life? At taking a backtrack, so to speak, to Ring of Honor, or even going back on the independence. But do you mm. think that could help Ring of Honor ascend? Or they're, I, I, from what I understand with that company, they're not like, they're not like, rah, rah, we're going to take over the WWE and put them out of business because it'll never happen. Uh, Ring of Honor, I mean, really, they've never been about being the top company as far as taking over. They've been, let's gonna, we're going to give you the best wrestling we can, and that's why they've been around for so long. And they've had they a good a TV relationship with WWE. There's been footage on DVDs, and there's been uh, Ring of Honor articles on WWE.com, and talk there there's a respect there i think ring of honor i think is always going to be around as the compliment to all right i don't want to see the entertainment i want to see the wrestling if yeah. i can't get it here i know i can get it at ring of honor and not tna if- <laughs> no, definitely not TNA. Let's, let's, let's briefly no. talk about TNA. All no. right, we're done. I'm just no, no. I, I will still okay. Want- <laughs> so one of, one of the guys that i drove up to the show with last night we we're talking about cm punk and he he said like oh next thing you know that's that's where you're gonna see him. Ooh, that's never CM ever. No, that's such happen. a downgrade. Ever. There are people who are vehemently against TNA. Like there's yeah. a wrestler who works at Walmart and I says yeah I get paid more here than I got paid in TNA. Ooh. There's <laughs> wow that's like rough. there's a lot of like I'm sure they take care of their own. Yeah. But I just don't think like I thought years ago this is the future of wrestling. And I was so, and like when Hogan came in, I thought this could be a problem, but it's a name and they could get them to the top. And then I think they said, oh shit, we really don't know what we're, like, I think Hogan kind of realized, oh fuck, yeah, I've got to be attached. I, like, I mean, hey, they've it, had some good names, but they have relied too much on, we're bringing Kurt Angle in, we're bringing Sting in, we're bringing this. When I fucking loved TNA wrestling... It was because of AJ Styles, Chris Daniels, Samoa Joe, those guys, like the young guys that I never saw before. It wasn't the Jeff Jarrett. I mean, Jeff Jarrett was there. He ran, started the company, but the names of the, oh, this guy's there now? Great. It didn't draw me. It's like, these. This is the, there's a good crop of young wrestlers here, and there's tag team wrestling here. I want to watch this. And now it's like, I, I might watch it. Like modern yeah. day WCW towards the end. And it's come to the point where with TNA, I have been a fan and yeah, I'll watch it. And, but there's guys I want to see go to WWE and be stars like Bobby Roode, James Storm, Eric Young. Those guys I want to see be stars. I don't know if any of you besides Steve know who I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> there's guys I want to go see. Be, they have the potential to do it. And it just bothers me. Like TNA had something so promising 
and so different and so unique that it just kind of almost got to the point where we could be a bigger show or be as big as WWE. And as soon as they maybe almost kind of scratched the surface, it just took a downturn and has not improved since. They they're never they've they tried to go live on television. And la- their last pay-per-view, lockdown, they only had like certain so many people in the arena. It was a little it was embarrassing. They kind of went away from how they got started. You know, they got started with the X division pushing these guys that were still up and coming but didn't get a chance where they were before and gradually they they got they got away from it and they even changed their ring back to the the four-sided It looks like the WCW ring. Monday Nitro ring. Yes. Like they, I watched that and I'm like this is Nitro. Or worse, this is Thunder. So they they basically went from this innovative new company that I'd say from 2002 to 2004 was different. I, I couldn't get I couldn't stop watching it. Oh, I I had to search for it. I had to stay up at like not that this is hard for me, but stay up at midnight on Saturday night to watch it on like Comcast Sportsnet because that was the only time it was on. It's like I want to sit and watch this, not Saturday Night Live. This is great. I love the six-sided ring. I loved uh, the six-sided cage. I love the Ultimate X and the shit they were doing was so cool. And now it's just who cares? It's like we're gonna have another tables match with Bully Ray and Bobby Roode. Oh, really? That's never happened before. <laughs> you mean Kurt Angle's gonna get another title run? <laughs> really? That happened a lot. But uh, let's get off of TNA and go to another. We'll we'll pick this up in a little bit. Yeah. But there's another low point that happened in 2014, <laughs> and that was. Two days after WrestleMania, the passing of the Ultimate Warrior, the weekend after he was in the Hall of Fame, and the night after Monday Night Raw when he made a what now looks like a really inspiring speech and kind of his, you know, final send off unintentionally at the time. But like his own eulogy basically. Pretty much, yeah. It's almost like he knew what his own fate was and almost in a sense of what time it was gonna happen, like the way his speech was, like or your man takes his last breath, and then just a few days later, you would think, you know, yeah. it's it just it's chilling, really. It's basically like he he waited for 14 years, and he finally got that opportunity, yep. and then just like that, it was all over. Now, have you guys on the network? Uh, well, uh, speaking, we all have the network here, yeah. Right, yes. Frank, yep. you have it. Danny, you have yep. it. Steve, of course, you and I have it because we're massive wrestling geeks. Yeah, I mean, Ultimate Warrior. There was bad blood for nearly 20 years between him and the WWE. And there was a DVD that came out that trashed him. And even when I watched the DVD, I thought, he's not so bad. Like, I don't think, like, yeah, he can't really work, but neither can who John Cena. John Cena was at his first title right at the time. Like, John Cena's not that great either. No. And Batista's really not that great either. I mean, Ultimate Warrior, yeah, he's big. You know, he's got every kind of energy and persona yeah he can't his yeah. promos don't make any fucking sense whatsoever <laughs> but you know after a while hulk hogan's didn't either and it just kind of was a little like it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth it's like i mean i didn't grow up watching but it's like he's not so bad so what he's 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 he's, oh, he's fucking entertaining yeah it all comes down to he can fill the stadiums he can fill the seats the 10 by 10s i mean no matter if you went to cheer him or boom you still paid that 50 or $100 or whatever it was. Kind of the same way it is with John Cena. You get sick with sick of him, but he does it, whether you boo or cheer him. And I think Warrior towards the end was the same way. And when they put the title on him, that kind of just rose him to another level. Yeah, he didn't look like... I think wrestling back then was a little different, where the good guys 
didn't get booed so much. Like Ultimate Warrior always had people. If I'm from what I've seen in footage, unless it's been doctored, uh, from what I've seen, people have always cheered him. People have always enjoyed him. Randy Savage. Those guys were always loved and celebrated. I, I can see why people got get a little sick of Hulk Hogan yeah. after after seven or eight or nine years of take your vitamins, say your prayers, and <laughs> work out. And yeah, you know, I believe in. It's just a little like you know yeah. that would leave. But Ultimate Warrior was. Like always, just so fucking like, like ran happy, around the ring. Happy you, to be you, there. You, you couldn't help but get caught up in that energy. Even in my twenties, when I really discovered the Ultimate Warrior, I was like, "This guy's really, really entertaining." You brought it up before, Dana. The whole like a self fulfilling yeah. end. It really is like, and even they mentioned this on the WWE Network, uh, the Ultimate Warrior tribute episodes that they did. It was kind of like perfect timing. The perfect scenario, yeah. the perfect way to make peace, basically and like an end, an leave end of a this legacy. world with a you know a clear conscience, so yep. to say. Because I mean, it wasn't, and I don't want to misconstrue it's like, oh, WWE always just picked on the warrior just because it's like, no, everybody in both parties made mistakes. Yes, oh, I agree. Severely made mistakes. I mean, Hulk Hogan. They show him on one of the documentaries, him talking and making peace with Hogan, and Hogan says, "I love you. I'm so sorry," and you know. Can we move on? And he's like, absolutely. So I was actually about to go to bed that night before I, I read Triple H's tweet. Like, are you fucking serious? I didn't believe it. Yeah. Like, yeah. at the time, I, I was I, like, are, what happened? He was just on TV, like, that was Monday. It was, it was, like, heartbreaking, you know? Because yeah. you just saw him. You just saw him. He had a great weekend, like, on TV. And just like that, it's yeah. over. And, Steve, you grew up with him more so than any of us did. And you said... I think you WrestleMania seven to you holds a special place in your heart. And can you go about like what kid, can you describe that Randy Savage ultimate warrior match? I know you said to me before, it's like one of my absolute, one of your absolute favorites. I just remember the entire buildup for the match. I mean, I've career versus career. You got warrior Savage at the time. I didn't want to see either one of them go and they put on a hell of a match didn't know who was going to really walk out, but I remember just the build-up with, uh, it was more, you have Savage, and is Elizabeth going to come back? And in the same sense, you have the Warrior. You know, what's going to happen here? And I just remember watching the match and seeing, you know, Warriors literally just taking it to him, and he's got two, you know. There were like six elbow drops at one point. At yeah, you got, you know, Savage is dropping everything he has on him. Uh, Sensational Sherry at the time is attacking him with everything in the book. And it was just one of those matches that, for some reason, it wasn't the greatest technical match, but it just stands out to me as my favorite Warrior match. Yeah, it's uh, it's just sad. Like when you know when you watch wrestling, one of the deaths that hit me hard years ago was Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, and when he died, I I was a mess for days. I was so sad because he's one of my absolute favorites. And one of the things I said was, you know, I know it's TV, I know it's a show, I know it's entertainment, and I know I don't know Eddie Guerrero any more than he would know me. But it's like a family. It's like it's weird when you watch a show or anything at all. Like, and, you, and someone in real life dies. It's like a family member or a friend is dead. As yeah. weird as that might sound, I, it's like I you feel connect- there's a connection yeah. for somebody that you watch on television or in a movie that just you know takes your imagination, takes it to a whole new level. And when somebody like that's gone and ripped from you at a young age, it's just traumatizing. Yeah. I, I didn't grow up with Ultimate Warrior, but I learned enough about him in the last 10 or so years to be like, that fucking sucks. Like, it's and, so sad. And what really has been somewhat uplifting was like the fan, the roster now grew up with the Ultimate Warrior. 
there's guys on the roster who like you wouldn't perceive as an Ultimate Warrior fan, and like because they're maybe a technical rep, like Daniel Bryan, perfect example. Loved the Ultimate Warrior. Said he was his favorite growing up, and he was so he sent out a message like, "I was so happy to meet him and talk to him this weekend." On top of everything that was going on, and he said, "I'm heartbroken." Who wasn't? Yeah. Um, I remember when Eddie Guerrero passed away too. Um, uh, just like Jack said, I was a mess for days. That was one of my ultimate favorites. And it was more just the fact, yeah, I never met him. I didn't know him. But now I can't watch him anymore. And it really sucked. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't – I actually, the day he died, I, I'd been putting it off for a while to buy his DVD that was out at the time, the the documentary. I was like, I don't really think I need that. And then the day it happened, I rushed – I was at school. I rushed to the mall and bought it. Like, I have to have this and I have to watch this now to get some sort of comfort. So, yeah. I remember watching that DVD. I still, to today, I still watch, you know, the documentary, all the matches. It's just one of my absolute favorites. And his book came out, his autobiography came out soon after his passing, like three weeks or something. It was done and had a release date of December and it came out and I read it and I cried. I cried at the end of the book because it was so sad to be like, he's not here anymore. And he, he talked so much about like, in the future, I want to do this and do that, and I have so many other things, and I love my family, I love my wife, Vicky, I love my kids, and I have so much to do. I love my friends, I love Vince McMahon, and it was just like... He had so many plans. It's so, it was so heartbreaking. It was the saddest, like, I don't read books, but this was the saddest <laughs> book I've ever read in my life. Yeah. It's real. It's real life. That's yeah. what makes it really hard, yeah. you know? He finally got his life back on track, uh, like Jack and Dana said, and now it's like, just as quick as it happened, it all got taken away from him. Yeah. But all we have now are the memories of his DVDs, the matches, and that's what will continue to follow in the future. And another – I don't want to talk too much more about passing of wrestlers. We'll touch about some happy stuff again in a little bit. We're going to pick the show up, I promise, people. Uh, Keep listening. <laughs> Owen Hart was the first one for me that was a true – I mean – yeah. I'd heard, uh, like, Rick Rude died a year after I started watching wrestling, and I had heard about him because I was trying to watch old wrestling from a friend. I was like, oh, that's a shame. That guy who was a star 10 years ago died. And then when Owen died, that guy was on the roster, and I, in the last year, had seen Owen Hart wrestle Triple H and all the DX, and he was part of the nation. And I was like, I fucking hate that guy. He beat up... He beat up... The, I don't know if you remember this, Steve. He beat up Jason Sensation, the kid who was doing his impression on television. When they did the DX parody, and I was so mad at him. I was like, I fucking hate Owen Hart. I hate him. I hate him. I hope Triple H kills him. And then it's just like a year later when he died in an accident, I couldn't stop crying. I was so upset, and I had to go to school that morning and try to be like, be like, oh, shit. Like, I have to try to pull it together. I remember when I heard that he actually died on the show, and I remember trying to tell my parents, I'm like, I got to watch this replay, and I wasn't able to. So it, it literally took me four months to get a copy of of the show, and I had to get it just to see it, even though I didn't want to really think that it was done and he was gone, but I had to get my hands on it. And then a couple months later, they came out with a biography on him, and I caught it on one of the, I want to say it was History Channel or... Oh, anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot of documentaries. And it was sad, but it was kind of, you get to see another side of... The guy that I watched every Monday night and, you know, for the past 10, 15 years growing up. He was, uh, 
it was definitely and it was the first time I was like oh like you see the guys on stage and they're crying like these grown men are crying for and it's not a show anymore they're crying because their friend is dead and, and Triple H was a rival and he was Triple H was a mess on television yeah he couldn't talk that's someone you never see and I was like, like that wait they and it's like it's your, I was 14 at the time and it's like like I know this is entertainment blah 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 but you know they're rivals on television and they told a really great story of like hating each other and he's crying because this man is dead now and he was such a mess that night it just showed how real it really is yeah so people who think that you know they can say how fake wrestling is and how it's all a joke but you see that there's so much realness to it more than you think Yeah. yeah definitely it's like a giant family and when something happens to like your family I mean, it's it's real. It's all real. All right. Well, that's enough somberness for now. Yes. Let's before we end this show. I mean, we, Extreme Rules was recent, but the biggest event every year is WrestleMania. And for my money as a fan, this was among the best WrestleManias ever. Yeah. And I, I from start to finish was just it was perfect. I mean, let's just we'll do a little recap. I mean, if you didn't see WrestleMania, I mean, chances are. You, you're not a wrestling fan, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was this was this was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It had everything that you wanted, and it just it's as pivotal, I would say, as WrestleMania three was in terms of changing the way WrestleMania and wrestling has looked, in terms of being a spectacle. And WrestleMania seventeen is regarded as one of the best cards in terms of solid, just everything that, from top of the bottom of the card. It was amazing. WrestleMania thirty is up there as one of the best WrestleManias ever. And do all of you agree? I, I fully <laughs> I fully agree with that. Yeah. No, For the I most part, agree. with the exception of The Undertaker's oh, streak yeah. being broken. Yeah. Not because the streak was broken. That's fine. Just by... Who was yeah. the streak of all people. Yeah. How it actually happened. Yeah. That was the biggest moment. I'm going to say it's bigger than Hogan Andre. I'm going to say it's bigger than... Yeah, maybe Austin's ascension. Broken. Maybe the streak built up in WrestleMania history over years and years. And yeah, you really start thinking that by like Undertaker's got nine or ten wins at this. Like he can't be beat at this thing. No, you really, it becomes a myth. It becomes one of those things in wrestling that's just like this will never be broken. And the last five WrestleManias have been his greatest matches. I would say the two with Shawn Michaels were if. Again, go back on the network and do yourself a favor because the Shawn Undertaker match at 25, probably the best match in the history of WrestleMania, possibly ever in the industry. They really set a standard there. And I didn't think if Triple H and Shawn Michaels couldn't beat it, I mean, who the hell else is going to beat it? I mean, CM Punk was a great match, but I knew he wasn't going to do it. It's almost like over the years, like when you watched Undertaker WrestleMania, it's like, I don't want to say it was, like, predictable, but you always know, you're like, no, nah, nobody's going to beat a streak. It was a good kind of predictability. Yeah, like, exactly. He, he better win. You felt good about it. You're like, well, it's he like, loses. once the bell ended and you yeah. saw the screen 17-0, and 18-0, it was like, huh, <sighs> okay, WrestleMania can resume. Because you almost think, like, what would happen? <laughs> what like, would happen if the streak I don't care what happens for the rest of the show. Yeah. The streak is still alive. Still good. Like, it's, it's, the sun will rise tomorrow. It, it's kind of, it was kind of like that. Yeah. And... The funny thing is, Dana, you watched it at my house. Yeah. Steve, you were at my house. Frank, you were with your friend, I believe. Yeah. We had a problem with the WWE Network during the main <laughs> uh, during this during the Brock Lesnar, so bad Undertaker match. Like the Wi-Fi was just over. I don't know how it happened. We had a problem where the Wi-Fi just wasn't picking up. 
And right as the match is ending, it's this message comes on screen. Exit application now. We're like, ah, oh, shit. We restarts his PlayStation 4. We come back on television, and the screen says 21 and 1. And I'm like, wait, wait. So we didn't actually see the live moment. Yeah. The streak is broken. We reround it just to see, like, and I've never, I've been a fan for, again, 16 years. The crowd was like, you, the fucking collective conscience of the fuck fans just died. Yeah, you could, you could hear a tick fart. That's how quiet it was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much, right? I mean, it's just Everybody so just quiet. Did that whole like jump, uh, and the crowd just jumped up like, <gasps> and yeah. then just that was like their soul <laughs> leave, left their bodies, and they just were like dead. Like what the mother? I mean, there's there's yeah. children crying, adults crying, adult adult crying. Like it was just there's sad. A, you know, there's pictures of everybody. Like you see that the that one picture of the <laughs> black kid with the wide eyes just cannot believe it. That is like, like representative is of like, over. It's, it's like everybody Wallace watching Pulp that. Fiction. That was Motherfucker. The, <laughs> that was the closest I've ever seen to someone's jaw literally dropping and hitting the floor. Yeah, like it was close. And people weren't like freaking out or booing. They were just like, what the yeah, fuck they didn't know what This was a glitch. It was a glitch. No, 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 no. No, this no. didn't happen. Like they didn't have it in them to be like, you just beat the streak. Boo. No, they just couldn't. <clears throat> they didn't play music. They were just like, quiet. Like what do we do? Like I like I don't know how many people even knew it was uh, again. What I I think someone said it was Undertaker, Lesnar, Vince, and I think Triple H, and they were the only four who knew. Shawn Michaels didn't know, and Shawn Michaels at the TV, the gorilla position, which is famously named after. I'm not going to get into it. Anyway, let's talk about this. Shawn Michaels didn't know. Shawn was like, "Are you fucking like Shawn yeah. was like what?" <laughs> Everybody was just dead after that. And like, and then the follow with the Divas match that nobody cared about. Nobody gave a shit. They're <laughs> just like, oh, like, uh, yeah. I would hate to have been any... Yeah. Like, I would hate to be any of those performers besides the main event and be like, oh, yeah, we have to follow the most colossal fucking thing that ever happened <laughs> like, in WrestleMania history Man. with a Divas match. With our Good luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> have fun. Try, try There's to... people crying yeah. and rioting. You better in... <laughs> take your tops off or something. Make this good. <laughs> I mean, like, people acted like it was the worst tragedy yeah. that happened in New Orleans ever. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. <laughs> oh, man. I mean... <laughs> Made it second worst. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. It was just so... Um... I don't think anything... I mean, who knows? Maybe years from now, something will top this moment. But as of right now, I don't think anything could have. Yeah, not in another co- 22 years. To yeah. quote a new word, it's untoppable. Yes. <laughs> and just to see him walk up the ramp, like, defeated. I'm like, that's yeah. The Undertaker. Like, you don't beat like, The you know Undertaker. you know he's a man in real life, but he's a persona that's just so yeah. larger than life and not human. And he's done. he's been humbled. Like, it happened. It fucking happened, and you didn't yeah. think it was going to happen. I mean, and like you said, the disappointment was the guy who did it. If it was yeah. Brock Lesnar of 2002 to 2004, I would have been like, oh, that really fucking sucks, but Brock deserves it. Not Brock Lesnar of now who can... Ugh, that. Awful. And the thing was that made that match not great, the match itself sucked. It's it wasn't terrible. captivating. No, not It at wasn't all. like... The Sean Triple H matches where it was like, oh my god, it's close, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. False finish, and it was like you had a heart attack in your seat. It just kind of happened. Like, it was just... third F5, Undertaker's going to kick out, right? 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 
And he's like, you didn't kick out. <laughs> that doesn't the, count, right? <laughs> the crowd uh, said it best without saying anything at all. They're always counting the one, two, and then they wouldn't even count the three because you knew he was going to kick out. Yeah. And in this show, they did the one, the two, and the three what happened, the and everyone just <laughs> went silent. There's a collective yeah. shit. <laughs> like a collective everybody's oh, bells yeah. dropped in the fucking... Done. In the yeah. fucking Superdome. Oh, my God. It, it just... I was depressed. I was like, I, I just don't. Yeah. Like, everything was, as a fan, was like, everything I believe in is gone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, How oh, do I, I get I into give this up. main event now after yeah. just watching this? Yeah. I mean, fucking, the world is changing. Uh, the Undertaker streak is dead. George Clooney yeah. got engaged. I mean, <laughs> the world as we know <laughs> it is bad. ending. <laughs> it's not a good time, 2014. I mean, it, the, it just broke every kind of, like, preconceived notion of WrestleMania. Like, the world is, like, WWE is different now. And yeah. it's, where do we go from here? I think there was a quote online that just said, now what? <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that's that's that was said best. I mean, you know what you got to say about this, though, as shitty as that was? It's like, it was so entertaining, though, because you're going to look at this and be like, wow, I have never been so pissed off, but yet I'm watching it still. It was I'm going to keep watching moment. it. It yeah. was everything it needed to be. It was yeah. a WrestleMania moment. Exactly. They knew what they were doing. how it got there. Yes, yeah. Because that match was not good. Not at all. Brock is, I mean... The thing I don't understand is that Undertaker asked for Brock Lesnar to end it. Apparently they're friends he, in real life. I'm sure That's they're close friends, yeah. but the thing about Brock was the Undertaker had confidence in him. But it's not the same Brock Lesnar that this was... Is, no, this is the Brock Lesnar that left to play football, sucked. <laughs> yeah. Left to <laughs> go to the UFC, sucked. Uh, came he back went to in wrestling. Second, the UFC he won the world title after his third uh, fight. Yeah. I mean, he was successful. But I mean, yeah, this is the Brock Lesnar that doesn't have an option to do anything. This is how he makes his living, working every two times a year. I mean, Brock Lesnar can't be in the UFC anymore. So he's like, well, I guess his whole notion was, I guess I'll try to mend fences with WWE and go back. And it was promising, but it has not delivered. The old, the best match he had was with CM Punk last summer, and that was because yeah. I believe Punk can make a broomstick. A main uh, event yeah, match, entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. There's not much you could say about the no. streak that's just other than depressing, but I think we'll look back years later and be like, wow, it meant something. I mean, yeah. I don't think The Undertaker's done. I think maybe he's got one, maybe two more WrestleManias in him, but yeah. I think that match signified the end is coming for The Undertaker. Now, I think what do that's you guys what they're trying think? to say, yeah. Like, what do you guys think about this? Like, now that the streak is out of the way, it's kind of like, all right, all's fair. I don't care if he wins or loses again at WrestleMania. Like, do you think The Undertaker will have at least one more in him? I think that the relevance of him wrestling at WrestleMania is almost kind of gone now, and I hate to say that for all the great matches he's had on the show, but how are you going to top what just happened? Yeah, he can go out there and have a great match, but to me the relevance of him wrestling there is now done because he finally lost. I mean, yeah, he can come back next year, beat Brock Lesnar, and be like, vindication, he beat Brock Lesnar, but the streak is still Still dead. Still over. Yeah, Yeah. the streak is still dead. It doesn't change history. No. WrestleMania was, it had its moment, The Undertaker, but the most significant moment was... Finally, Daniel Bryan got it. Yes. And against all odds, he had a great match with Triple H. I thought that was a really good... I, I had a feeling... I, it was somewhat predictable. Like, oh, yeah. he's probably going to win, but Triple H is going to... I thought was... And it, it did happen where Triple H was going to uh, beat him down after the match and make the main event more of a jeopardy for him. And there was a point where I was so depressed about The Undertaker losing that I thought, 
Batista's probably just going to win anyway. Yeah, just, I think we like, all <laughs> secretly felt like that because Batista has been being basically handed everything recently, yeah. and Daniel Bryan's been just getting beaten down. And it's just like the odds kept mounting up. Triple H yeah. is back out here. Stephanie's back looking at the horse jockey from hell. Yeah. And, um, oh, and they had him out on the stretcher for a little while. Like I actually thought like he was actually hurt, and I like so he too. wasn't going to be able to finish yeah. the match. I thought Orton got hurt. Like when he did yeah. that, like you see, oh, him, yeah. he fell on that thing. He fell on the monitor. Yeah. He, his back was just like contorted. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Randy can't walk anymore. Like, he got right back up. I have to say, give him that. Yeah, he just had that a was... cut. He's like, it's fine. I've done worse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> In that voice, too. Yeah. I'm very wooden. But yeah. I think the only thing that could have lifted the spirit of the WWE fans after that match, after The Undertaker lost, was the fact that Daniel Bryan finally got it. If Daniel Bryan didn't win the match... Uh, people would have rebelled. Oh, it people been, it would have went down as yeah. like the biggest clusterfuck of WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. It was like, you fucking had them until the end. Like, what did you it do? It would have been the year that someone burned down the <laughs> WrestleMania stadium. <laughs> and this is... Like, bad. the fans would have rushed the stage yeah. and just, like... Beat the shit out of Stephanie McMahon and everybody else. Like everybody would have been like, "Where's Vince? Where's Vince?" Let me at him. <laughs> it would have been catastrophe for sure. Yeah. Knowing the WWE fan base, it would have been just they would have had enough. Hell. They would yeah. have been like, "Jesus, what are you gonna do?" Because you Done. couldn't like go to Extreme Rules or another. Yeah. Paper, be like, hey, we finally gave him his moment. And you fucking give it to him at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. That's the place. Yep. Yeah. And it just, like, the last couple pay-per-views, it was so dire. to like, give him a shot. Give him a chance. I thought Elimination Chamber, yeah. it was that situation of, like, this is a great show. And then when he lost, it was just like, uh, when fuck. When is, is it going to happen? happen? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, he, you know, let's put Brian. Brian's like, I want to match Triple H at WrestleMania. I'm like, I'd like to see that match, but I don't want that to be Daniel Bryan's only moment. And it, it was yeah. just brilliant the way that they went around it and got to that point in the main event where... He beat everything that night. He beat Triple H. He beat Batista. He beat Orton. He got it. And it was the only thing he that could have it. lifted the spirit of that <laughs> yeah. crowd and been like, yes, finally. And I think people will look back and be like, that was probably one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Yeah. Despite the streak ending, it had everything as a fan that we could have ever wanted. And where we're at now with the product... It's still exciting because Extreme Rules was excellent, and I'm looking forward to Payback and Money in the Bank and Battleground and all the pay-per-views in the next year. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Before we end this, I do want to have – there was something I thought of earlier that I want uh, – as a fan, what do you want to see happen? There's like – name one or two, maybe the most three things you would like to see happen this year as a fan like what do you want more than anything uh frank we'll start with you i just want to see i want to see more of an individual push for roman reigns okay that's it i mean he's great i love him he's just <laughs> oh yeah roman reigns is awesome i agree with that dana what about you i'm I have sure a... roman will happen i'm sure that'll very happen yeah very I, I i think so i mean i have a lot of things i'd be like happy to see like a lot of you know i i might be one of the only few people that thinks this but uh i would like to see Dolph Ziggler be pushed more because I think he's great talent and I don't think he's being used enough. So I'd like to see him like maybe more, but I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. to be honest. But and that's a shame because Ziggler yeah. really had some problems. I think he has talent. I, I, think... I still think he does. I just think the, it's another they're situation of like, the him. WWE doesn't get this. Yeah, they're just not giving him his like chance. He's, he's and... got everything that could make it work and it just doesn't. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's just like so many things I can see happening. Like I hope to happen, you know, that's mm. that's pretty much. Yeah. I could think of. Steve, what do you want in the next year of WWE or in wrestling in general? Like anybody 
The uh, two main things I want to continue to see the young talent continue to get pushed to the next generation. And two, I want to see Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro in an Iron Man match for the title. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have a couple small things. One, I want to see more of an emphasis on the Intercontinental Championship and the United States title. Either combine the belts, make it one yeah. title, or they need to start defending them on a regular basis and have some build. I think with Barrett winning the belt, it means more now that the world title's out of the way. I think that you really got to get back to that whole workhorse title feel because back in the 90s, or back for as far as back as the belt's been in existence, the next guy, the guy you perceive as the next guy as the next runner-up to the WWE champion was the Intercontinental Champion, and more guys held that belt that had better wrestling ability than the most WWE champions. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, yeah. I like that Barrett's the champion. I kind of want to see a progression of Barrett, Ziggler, Bo Dallas, who's on yeah, NXT I'm right now, and a Believe. couple other guys, like Seth Rollins or, yeah. or Roman Reigns. I want Cesaro. I want to see the belt not be so much a, like... Stay on one guy for so long. Yeah. I want to see it bounced around, but I also want to see a good feud for the belt. I want to see it traded back and forth a couple times. I want that kind of like Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels feud again. Same with the U.S. belt. I mean, Dean Ambrose has had the belt for a year now, and it's been defended up to a certain point, and now it's not being defended anymore. Yeah. And um, at the time of recording this, there's been a 20-man battle royal for the title on the Raw episode that's airing tonight when this is happening. So we might have a new champion. I don't mind seeing Ambrose as champion. I think he's great. I just want to see him defend it and be a champion. On his own. Yeah. The next thing I kind of want, I want one damn world title belt. I'm so sick of the fucking two-belt thing. I really am. I know it's a little trivial, but I really just want one title. I don't like... You can't yeah. call it a championship and have two belts. I just, I, I, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And I don't think Daniel Bryan can, fu- I don't think he can fully pick them up all the way. Like, <laughs> he struggles. Like, yeah. like yes. oh yes. my God, I'm lifting two. It's like, this is too much. I'm lifting two manatees. <laughs> <laughs> Little baby manatees. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy for him, you know? <laughs> and I want to see Batista never wrestle again. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. I, I, I want to see, again, like Steve said, the progression of the young guys. And I want to see yeah. more guys get over, stay over. The next guys that won the title picture are Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns. For bad feeling Brock Lesnar will somehow get a title shot this year. And, you know, he can't carry much of anything, let alone two title belts. But yeah. I just want to see different people in top spots. And I want to see people prove that they could be there. If CM Punk were to come back, yes. let's be hypothetical. <laughs> I had an idea that I ran by Frank before of like the most balls to the wall angle possible concerning CM Punk and anybody who's pissed off. It's like a CM Punk versus the world situation. And I want to see him call out Vince McMahon and get into such a heated promo that they go with the storyline. Vince has a heart attack. <laughs> and like, I can see that. I can see Vince clutching yeah. his chest in the ring and being like, what did you do? And then Punk just walks like, I don't give a shit. And then it leads to like a fucking war with Triple Almost H. Almost like a vintage, like, you know, I hate to say it, like comparing the two because they're two separate people, but like a Stone Cold situation yeah. with Vince McMahon when he was in the hospital, like every broken bone and <laughs> Stone Cold just beats the crap like, out of him. Like, I would love to see You could get some real, like, like, raw emotion out of that. Yeah. And then, but have him not be like Legion. Like, have him fight Daniel Bryan. Be like, you screw you. You stole. Like, I yeah. should be the guy who these people are cheering for, not you. They care more about me than you. And if WWE's listening to this somehow, 
Probably not. We're great but if you find it and this. like this happens, <laughs> I want some credit. Yes. Or, uh, mostly just a job. Yeah, that'd be great. Give us <laughs> <But>, jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wrestling is always a changing industry. And just when you think it's going to go one way, it takes a left turn and goes another way. And it's kept this business interesting. I'm a f- it gets in your blood. And I'm a fan for the rest of my life. I have no plans of not watching it. There'll be times where... Like, now is a high point as a fan. Like, well, this is really interesting. But eventually it kind of dips, but I'll still watch it. And yeah. I'll always be a fan. And I'm, you know, having this discussion today, I hope you guys do too. I mean, oh, yeah. it's always going to be there for me. Ever anyway. since I've gotten back into it, that's really so I'm not going to not watch it anymore. Like, I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I'll be, it. I'll be around for a yeah. while. There's always going to be something that's going to draw you back in. You yep. might have your low times, but things eventually will turn around. I mean, it feels like must-see TV now. Someday it'll be like, well, you know, it's still what like the fans who were really true to it. I came up in the Attitude Era, and yeah, I'm one of those Attitude Era kids. It's like I'm I'm never gonna stop watching this. It was the best time, in yeah. my opinion. It was the best time ever. And wrestling. in the past year, with you guys getting to know you guys more about through wrestling and going to Buffalo Wild Wings, I never knew there were so many fans of wrestling. I was thinking that. I mean, too. Steve and I—I yeah. I knew Steve and I were fans when we would talk and run into each other and talk about wrestling, but. Other than that, it was like pretty closeted and not. It people felt didn't like really it, talk it about it. It felt like it was my own world, and yeah. now it's like everybody fucking loves this. Yeah, you, people, you just find out. You're like, oh yeah, I watched that weekend. Like, like, wow, you watch wrestling? Awesome. Cool. Let's be friends <laughs> forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like, like you I was like saying wrestling, earlier, fuck you. <laughs> I was, I was surprised at just how many people I knew who actually went to Extreme Rules. Almost everybody yeah. I knew. Except Jack. When. Except Jack. Stop fucking rubbing it in. Aww. I feel bad already. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see you guys back in the near future. Thank you for doing this. Hey, thanks for having us. No problem. So it's been a lot of great wrestling talk, and the future's bright. And I can't wait to watch Raw every single week and every pay-per-view going forward. So until next time, we'll be talking about more wrestling soon. This is Jack. And this is Steve. And this is Dana. This is Frank. And thank you for listening to the only podcast that matters. Yeah.